Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. All right. Sorry. I, I was, I was going to hit the intro. And then, of course, my much like the Vikings offense and entire team, my, uh, my system's locked up there. So it's a good fitting start to Vikings Ventline presented by Surly Brewing Company. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad from U.S. Bank Stadium, and our executive producer, Declan Goff. And I just want to tell you guys, what a great way to start off World Mental Health Day. Not sure if you guys knew that, but I think think we could all use a good therapy session here following whatever that was that we just watched, Vikings versus Lions, for nearly three hours at U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, if you're watching us on the Purple Daily YouTube channel on a TCL TV, thank you guys. TCL is a huge supporter of us here on Purple Daily and Ventline, and uh, they've got a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Let's give our quick thoughts on this, and then we turn the show over. This is the most fan-friendly and interactive show in Minnesota sports. It's Vikings Ventline. But Judd Zolgad, if it's not too loud there at the stadium, if the fans aren't too raucous celebrating just an unbelievable come-from-behind victory in the final seconds, how much elation is pouring out of U.S. Bank Stadium right now, Judd? Thank God for the Detroit Lions. I mean, God put the Lions on this earth to be an absurdly poor football team. So teams like the Vikings on a day like this could actually come away saying, Oh, we're very excited by our win that was undeserved. Um, This to me, so I'll I'll be quick here because I really want to hear what the fan base has to say, but this to me was almost a loss. The way that you played, like my judgment of where this team was going to be at now and trying to say, well, Cincinnati's not as bad as we thought, close game, right? Arizona's not not as bad as we thought, close game. Uh, I felt like the Cleveland game was a bad game for them, but anyway, after today, I am pretty much done. I am pretty much done. The, the play calling was absurdly bad. I mean, you're playing the Detroit Lions, and you're acting like we got a ground and pound. And um, Justin Jefferson, I mean, if Justin Jefferson doesn't demand a trade in the postgame today, assuming that he's allowed to talk, shame on him. Because he should. what he should do is FaceTime with Stefan Diggs and have Diggs on FaceTime at the podium and say, <laughs> Stefan's talking for me, and we all won out. Uh, that was a ridiculous offensive game plan. 
Um, that was a ridiculous game. That was a poorly coached game. Dan Campbell's a moron, which obviously helps, although I did love the two-point play, and that. they got it. That was a great gutsy call, but there were other questionable things. But my quick takeaway is I'm pretty much done here. I mean, this was this was a gross display of football on both sides, and I can't get past what I saw. And to say that I'm scarred, and the only way to take away those scars is a surly furious is accurate. And unfortunately <laughs> here in the press box, because I'm a true professional and I hate Declan right now because he has access to surly and I don't, I, my football psyche is scarred forever after watching this debacle. All right. Okay. Well, that's awfully negative because you like that. You like that. what I saw was the fourth, fourth quarter comeback <laughs> in Kirk Cousins Vikings career. The Dagger Doctor, Mr. Game-Winning Drive, pulling all the right. Judd has left the show. Judd is leaving the show. The late-game luminary, the Colossus of Clutch, the secondary slayer, setting Greg Joseph up for a redemption kick heard round the world, and the Vikings have won two out of three at home. They travel to Carolina to get back to 500 before the bye week. What a victory for Mr. Game-Winning Drive, Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Mm, that's my takeaway. Wow. Declan? Uh, is, it, is it bad that after Dan Campbell, with the genius call to go for two, by the way, like I, I, I could spend, I think, 45 minutes just talking about the greatness of that call being 0-5 and deciding to go for two and go for the win. Which Dan awesome, badass Campbell. Call. Dan Campbell shaving off kneecaps. Shaving off kickers extra points, going for two. Love that call. I kind of wanted them to lose at that point. I kind of wanted the Vikings to lose. And, I, and that's sad, but I kind of wanted that to, just to see how this would happen because it was classic Vikings for Madison to fumble at the last second. The offense just – Clint Kubiak, which I know we're probably going to get into today, tomorrow, and on Tuesday on both Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily. Uh, it, it was just kind of a pathetic performance overall. But, hey, you get the win. But uh, unlike Judd, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this surly hell. But I would prefer a furious because I'm, I'm like Judd. I'm pretty furious after this one. <laughs> so, all right, let's, um, let's get into it here. It looks like, by the yeah. way, did the Packers just miss another game-winning field goal? I think Mason Crosby missed a 36-yarder. Yes. So the NFC North is going to be a wide-open baby if the Packers can't close this thing in Cincinnati. <sighs> But uh, I would, I would let, let's let's actually pose the sort of the notion that Declan just did as an overarching theme. As you guys come into the show here, we'd love your thoughts. When the Lions successfully hit that two point conversion to take the lead, or even before that, true. Did you want the Vikings to lose? And I know a lot of people are going to say, "Well, you're not, a, you can't be a true fan." If you're, no, no, no. Did did you want the Vikings to take one step back for a, for a future two steps forward, whatever that may have been? That, hey, if they lose in this fashion, Mike Zimmer gets fired. Now you go after an offensive-minded coach for next year. I'm just curious how many Vikings fans got to that point during that two-point conversion. Did you want your favorite team to lose for long-term gain? Very curious. Uh, here's how it works. We are we are pretty jammed on guests here. We have a full waiting room and then some. But whether it's this week or future weeks, VikingsVetline at gmail.com if you want to be part of the show. And um, Declan will send you the invite, and we might be able to bring you in here. Please click the like button and the subscribe button on the YouTube video. It helps spread the word about the show. Let's get to it, Dex. All right, man. Vikings vent line. Let's fire it off here. Let's uh, let's start with Jacob. Jacob, what's going on, dude? All right. First of all, <laughs> I will be honest. I did cheer for the Vikings to lose at the end. I 
not for the Vikings to lose, for Zimmer to lose. I yeah. really yeah. want him fired. And but when I thought about it at the time, I was like, yeah, go for two. That would win you the game. But in reality, if they kick that kick, do you think Zimmer goes, hey, let's run the ball two times and then we go to overtime? They might have had a better chance to win the game in overtime because we went to try to win. <laughs> That's a great I don't point. know. It's just, That's a really good point. It's just like you guys always say, the goal of the show is to win a Super Bowl. The goal of Zimmer for every game is not to lose. He no. doesn't coach to yeah. win. It's And you just see that in the team when it's like everyone knows we are going to run on second and ten. It's like who runs on second and ten every single time? It just makes zero sense. Yeah. I, You guys have brought it up. Justin Jefferson should want to be traded. If I was him, I don't know why I'd want to be here. Um, and I have a question. Who would deny trading a second-round pick for Eric uh, Bieniemy or the guy from the Chiefs? Yeah, I would trade a pick, or maybe even first. Like, let's be honest. I mean, I, he is. I think he is, he is available just like for free after the season. But if you're that desperate to get an offensive-minded guy in here, that you give up a second-round pick. All right, I can hear you. I don't know. It's just because the thing is, with our luck, we're not going to get him because we're probably going to go nine and eight or eight, eight and nine and. Wolf, the nice guy that he is, is probably going to be like, all right, let's give him another chance. You know, he, I'm paying him, might as well give him another chance. And I don't know. With how little our rookies have played, how bad our offense has looked, regardless of how much talent is on it, like I don't think Spielman should have a job, and I don't think uh, Zimmer should either. Yeah, Jacob, dude, gr- great leadoff call, man. And your guy, by the way, Kendricks had a, a – I mean, in terms of silver linings, that guy had a ridiculous interception today. Yeah, he's a one-handed he's, pick. So He's the bomb. Yeah, Thank you, so guys. Jacob, what, what a great leadoff call there. Judd, uh, your thoughts on Jacob? Um, yeah, I think he, he's right. I mean, just let's let's scale this down to just today's game. Can anybody – and I kept tweeting about this – explain the play calling to me? You're playing the Detroit Lions. They're banged up on defense. They are also not good because they're the Lions. Can you explain this to me? Let me tell you something. From a standpoint, from Kubiak's standpoint, anybody's standpoint? Let me tell you something. So uh, we were blessed, again, on Fox, for those of you who weren't inside the stadium. I mean, what a memory if you were inside the stadium. You get to tell your kids about one of the most clutch comeback wins in Vikings history. Improbable. 37 seconds left on the clock, and the dagger doctor comes down and shows you why he is the $35 million man. Um, but when you have on the broadcast call, and we're blessed with Chris Myers and Daryl Moose Johnston, right? Daryl Moose Johnson is a 1990s fullback, okay? It doesn't get any more old school and conservative offensively than a 1990s fullback. And he spent the entire second half questioning and teeing off on Vikings play calling. That's all you need to know. Moose Johnson thought they were too conservative offensively. But but how does how does Justin Jefferson six targets first half, five catches, more than one hundred yards, makes a couple unbelievable catches? How does he get lost in the second half? And and if if you say, well, he's being taken away, Judd, you don't understand. Well, then where's Thielen? Where's KJ Osborne? I, I really have no idea what Kubiak was doing. And, and it was you know what today the first series on. Like, what the hell happened? You just played Seattle. Seattle gives up more yards but fewer points than Detroit does, okay? This should have been Seattle all over again. You should have daggered the Lions, who, by the way, come into every stadium they play in now, hoping to be like, just put us out of our misery. 
So if anybody knows what the hell that they were doing with the runs on second and long and not going to Jefferson more, if I was Jefferson, I would be pissed off. Flat out today. I'd be pissed off right now. I'd be more pissed if I was Thielen than Jefferson. But, yeah. I mean, like, you know what? Let's – okay, Thielen's valuable and I like him, but he's a nice player. Justin Jefferson is a bleeping star. Like he is, but, but Judd, what do you – like, Justin Jefferson was about the only player that made sense off. Right. Are you saying he should have had more than eight targets? Is yes, that what I'm you're saying? saying? In the second half, they forgot about him for a huge period of time. He yeah. was torching them. He made a couple catches. That were that first catch on I think it was a forty-two yard pass from Cousins. Where Cousins, it was a it was Cunningham to Moss ninety-eight. It, Cousins did a nice job, put air under a ball, and with a guy all over him, Jefferson went and made that that catch. Thielen Thielen plays a role, and I like him, but come on, Justin Jefferson was eating those guys up, and you just sort of said, ah, we got I Alexander think, Madison. I think so. First of all, I, I I agree with your general sentiment here, and that. Uh, I guess the way I saw it was the Lions probably did some things to just take just take Justin Jefferson out of the equation in the second half, but there are other weapons out there besides short passes to a backup running back in C.J. Ham. I mean, it is 2021. Offenses are as explosive and creative as we've ever seen, and the Vikings have weapons all over the field, even without Dalvin Cook, and Mike Zimmer is advocating for second and long handoffs and running the first half clock out with 40 seconds to go and two timeouts. Like, dude, get out of the way. Either get out of the way or tell your offensive masterminds and Clint Kubiak and Kirk Cousins to be more aggressive and then get out of the way or just go away and go be a defensive coordinator for somebody, not a head coach. That was one of the most embarrassing offensive schematic and conservative uh, efforts, quote unquote, that I have seen in the eight years of Mike Zimmer. And it's been a conservative eight years offensively. So I agree. I mean, Justin Jefferson had a huge game, and they probably tried to take him out of it, but that doesn't mean you have to just, oh, do the shrug emoji. I don't know. I guess they're bracketing Justin Jefferson. I guess we can't. We have Now we have to give it to C.J. Ham and Alex Madison. Sorry. Okay. Nice job. Uh, let's get to our next Vikings fan here. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to Zach. Zach, what's up, man? You're on Vikings event line. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, dude. I, uh, I'm depressed. I was so excited watching Alex Madison fumble. And then uh, the DeAndre Swift touchdown and Dan Campbell having the balls to go for two. I was pumped. Happiest I've been all season. And then we came back and we won. (laughs) So you were there. You were there. You were rooting against your favorite team, not because you're a bad fan, but because you want them to be better long term, right? Yeah, I was ready for Mike Zimmer to go. My girlfriend was confused at why I was cheering on the Lions. But... (laughs) She doesn't know the pain, doesn't know the struggle that we go through every week. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. It's just uh, one more week of the same old stuff. But yeah. Well, Zach, we're here for you. We're your therapist. And uh, as now Daniel points out on the screen, yes, this is World Mental Health Day. Very fitting if you're a Vikings fan today or a Lions fan. I mean, we should yeah. welcome Lions fans in here, too. You guys probably Absolutely. need therapy, too, after – just 50 years of pretty much that. We can't today. help them. No, no, no. That's way too much. Too far gone. Yeah, yeah. they're too far gone, and we, <laughs> we don't get paid enough to try and help Lions fans. No, probably right. Uh, Zach, thank you for jumping on here on Vikings yeah, Vent Line. Zach, let's keep rolling here. Yep. Let's keep rolling. Let's go to uh, Joseph. Joseph, what's up, man? You're on Vikings Vent Line. How are you? Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, can Good you man. hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, we got you, man. Uh, finally get to be on here, man. I listen to you guys all the time. Uh, Great points. Uh, I like watching uh, when Realistic Randy comes on. 
Um, my attitude toward this game is um, you ask y'all ask the people cheer for the team. Um, you know when Madison fumbled and they scored and they went for two points. I have to admit, um, I picked them to lose this game today. Uh, the simple fact is, uh, I watched Pete Versich break down tape last week of the Lions and against the Bears last week, and they just blew all types of opportunities. They had guys wide open. They had five times where they were in the red zone. They could have scored touchdowns, and they blew it. It wasn't anything the Bears did. It was what the Lions did. So this game concerned me um, because I'm just tired of this, man. I'm tired. I'm ready to blow this thing up. This archaic offense, uh, I didn't even watch the game today. And so when um, when I saw the fumble and I saw them score and I saw the two points, it didn't surprise me one bit. Um, so I'm really just over the whole thing. I'm I'm with you guys. I've been a Vikings fan for 33 years, and I've seen this over and over and over. And I'm like, it has to come to a point where ownership, they say they're fans, they say they care about the fans, they say they care about the team. When are they going to do something? Because this is just – people keep saying, well, we got to win. We got to uh, win against the Lions who haven't beaten anybody. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they've been they've been bad as bad as we are, but they fight. These guys show up and they fight. Whereas our team, we have all this firepower. We have Justin. We have uh, Conklin. And I kept looking at the score. I'm like, they're not doing anything. So – my whole point is I'm just tired of this whole thing. And uh, I was with you guys last year when we were one in five and you was like, let nature take its course, play for the draft pick. And they didn't do that. So. We needed like football Jack Kevorkian just to come in last year when the Vikings <laughs> were one in five and just, just, just self-assisted. Um, Joseph, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate your, your thoughts. I think, I think Joseph speaks for a lot of fans where you're sitting there and you're, you're, a little more frustrated. Actually, our last two guys came on here and were like kind of mad that they won the game. Um, I would be curious to hear more from people on that as we go. So keep that in mind as you guys bring your thoughts. Like, did you want the Vikings to lose at any point in that fourth quarter? Let's keep going here, Dex. All right, man. Let's go to uh, Hafid. Hafid, you uh, you popped off there with your video. You, you, you got us now, okay? I think we lost. There. I think That's we lost good. the feed there. Let's let's uh, roll back to El Papi. Is that what we got yes, here? Yes, sir. What's up? Yes, man? sir. Um, first and foremost, is it too early to start to embrace the tank uh, like last season? Um, it's so embarrassing. Um, I think this was the most embarrassing win I've ever embarrassed uh, felt as a Vikings fan. And the fact that uh, Justin Jefferson hit a hundred yards in the first half, and they did not keep feeding him in the second half. I even think the announcer said. That you should be tor- you should be torching that uh, secondary because they had so many injuries. The Lions did, and they kept running it. And CJ Ham, they act like this guy is Dalvin Cook. I cannot believe the routes they're doing for this fullback. I mean, <laughs> I I can't even start to begin. And then Rashad Hill, oh my word, he was getting abused again, again. And the Lions, who can't even p- bring pressure, uh, I don't even know who the deep who was it Trey Flott or who was their defensive end that they started today. I can't even name him, and he was completely abusing Rashad Hill. Um, let's start embracing the tank. Let's clean house. Zimmer, Spielman, got to go. I'm sorry. That was just hard to watch. Dude, I mean, bring in fire. <laughs> bring in fire to the show. <laughs> Judd, Judd, is it too loud there still? He's, he's right. Um, okay. Zim is t- talking right now, and he's on the speaker. So 
you tell me if you can hear a lot of it bleeding through. He is, uh, he sounds really down, which he should. I'm glad to hear he sounds down because he, he looked excited. You know, when, when the kick went through by Joseph, if you're a head coach, you got to be disgusted by this. You have to be. Uh, speaking of disgusted head coaches, so Dan Campbell is actually choked up and borderline crying at his press conference right now. Quote, when you see your players give all that they have and you lose that way, it's tough. You want that for them. Um, yeah, like, God, they went for two, man. They went for two, and they got it. Uh, the Vikings <laughs> come stumbling back down the field. And, by the way, the longest – did they? Did the Vikings intentionally try and wait, like, 10 seconds to spike that ball before yes. the 54-yard field goal? Yes. Was that their goal? Why didn't they spike it with nine seconds and run an out route or something? Uh, because Cause they're, was, cause they're conservative. I guess yeah, I'll just Kirk answer that question. Kirk wanted to kill as much clock as possible. That's exactly right. All right. All right. Uh, El Poppy, any final thoughts from you after this just epic come from behind victory by the Vikings? I I've been in the, the I've been in the game of saying we should, you know, embrace the tank and start like looking for the future since last year. If you guys remember, I was all in for Justin Fields, but it's more it's more uh, obviously you cheer as a Vikings fan. You never want to see your team lose, but it's almost like you're cheering and you're cheering for mediocrity. Like you're just hoping you don't. There's nothing like behind Kirk Cousins. You can be like this team in maybe three to five years can take that big step to go into the Super Bowl. And it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's bittersweet almost. You know, you're like happy they won, but at the same time, you're like, what? We're gonna finish eight and eight, nine, nine and nine this year. I mean, it's just, I don't know. Those are my final thoughts. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. El Papi, bring bringing the the noise, Judd. Um, one of the points he brought up was Rashad Hill, who's been – I went and looked before the game. So according to Pro Football Focus, 77 qualified tackles. He's ranked 75th. So the bar is very low for Christian Derrissaw to clear to just be better than Rashad Hill. Rashad Hill was terrible again today, at least by the eye test. Then they bring Derrissaw in, and he got beat a couple times too. But then they went back, kind of back and forth in the second half, and Mike Zimmer confirmed, yeah, the plan was to rotate those guys. Do we need a rotation? No, he's your just no, play he's your, no, he's your first round pick. That's ridiculous. Once he plays and he should have started, he's playing. Acting like you overshot Hill, a career backup, something is absolutely ridiculous. And and it was fitting that one of the first times in the second half they put Hill back in, he got absolutely trucked and Kirk got hit. Like, this is, Derrissaw needs to grow and learn, and I'm sure he'll make mistakes. But guess what? He's a first-round pick. Rashad Hill is a career backup. Today's game drove me crazy. Like, I, I could go off on about eight things that occurred in today's game That because the one thing that really, really makes me nuts is a complete lack of common sense and coaching and decisions when these guys are paid to do this. And, and we watch games on our couch, and we can be like, you shouldn't do that. What are you doing here? Why go so conservative? Why not start Christian Derrissaw and play him? You start out really well. You sat Cook, which, by the way, I was all for, and I still think was a smart move. Again, if you can't beat Detroit without, without Cook, your season's done. Mm -hmm. So I like that. But in game, that's and that is, I think, as bad as, Coop, as Clint has been this year. I, I, at times, was pleasantly surprised. And, and week one, we talked about, well, they were behind the chains so much. It was, you know, second 13. That's really tough. So he almost got a pass on that game. He ain't getting a pass on this game. But don't you think it's Clint with Mike Zimmer's large and in, an influential guiding hand? Like, when they're running, they're running the ball on, like, second and 16. Yeah. They're throwing screen passes on third and 16. It was the most conservative approach I have seen all season from this offense. A lot of that's Mike Zimmer. Like, if Mike Zimmer were to walk in and say, hey, let's cut it loose here. We got Justin Jefferson. Let's take some shots. Let's let's be aggressive. End of the first half. 
Let's not run the ball twice. To me, that's Mike like that's Mike Zimmer when they run the ball twice with two timeouts and forty seconds left at the end of the first half and wave the white flag. That's Mike Zimmer. I am bothered by the entire thing. So yeah, it's Mike, it's Clint. It it is an absolute it's absolutely maddening to watch an offense against Detroit operate like that. Yeah. Because it makes zero sense. It makes no sense. You now have three wide receivers who are very functional and good. KJ Osborne's good. And and so if Jefferson, let's say, and I disagree with this, but let's say you said Justin Jefferson's gone. He's out of the game plan. We can't do a thing about it. You got two other guys to throw to. And you're still relying on Alexander Madison to carry you, which, by the way, I like him. That's a ridiculous ask. Uh, we're going to get to the – we have a Dan Campbell clip here in just a second, but just because I, I want to piggyback one thing off what Judd said. I just – I feel like the entire Vikings organization, from ownership to front office to the head coach to the play calling and even to Kirk Cousins and his approach oftentimes, everything about the Vikings organization – is catered to avoiding failure rather than achieving peak Super Bowl success. Like they are, end of the first half is a great microcosm. Oh, but what if we turn the ball? Like everything is, oh, we got to guard against misfortune, as Jim Poleb would say. So let's hand the ball off. Of course, as they're guarding against misfortune at the end of the fourth quarter, guess what happens? Misfortune happens. Alex Madison fumbles. Step on the freaking gas. Beat that team 30-7 to seven like you should have. Your offense is good enough to score 30 points a game. You're averaging 30 points a game offensively so far this season. And so, like, for them to continue to crawl into this conservative shell, but, it, like, it goes for 15 years, this team has been more obsessed from ownership all the way to play calling. And with multiple different coaches, too. They've been obsessed with avoiding failure more than they've been obsessed with trying to become a Super Bowl champion. And today was a great microcosm to prove that point. And how do you let that happen against Detroit? Like, how do you let that happen against a bad team that you know that you should destroy and, and you act like you're game planning for the Super Bowl champions? Like, I, I, it's, a, it's a rhetorical yeah. question. Right, I, I but I'm just saying that, say. that that's what drives me crazy. That's what drives me absolutely up the wall. Uh, let's hear from sad Dan Campbell. Here. All right. And you lose that way, it's tough. You know, you want that for them. So... Um, but we'll be better for it, you know. And then again, credit Minnesota, but um, you know, we we made the one mistake that cost us, you know. And uh, and so ultimately, you know, it, uh, we didn't we didn't do enough to win. But I was proud of them, and I love the fight they had in them, and I love the grit. I do. And uh, when your defense plays that way, you you got a chance to win every game. Dan Campbell doesn't just like football. Dan Campbell loves football. Sad Dad Campbell, man. <sighs> Vikings vet line here. The most fan-friendly, interactive, and therapeutic show in Minnesota sports. Please click the subscribe button and the like button if you're watching us on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Mackie, Judd from the stadium, Declan, our executive producer. All right, let's... Uh, Let's bring the fans back in the mix yeah. here. Let's try one more time uh, with Hafid. Hafid, you got us, man. You're on Vikings event. Yeah. Line. Hey, hey, guys. Can you hear me? Yep. Got, I got you, man. You. Yeah. Um, Judd, by the way, nice haircut. I like the haircut. <laughs> um, Thank you. On the on on the football topic, uh, you know the Vikings organization. It's an issue that stems from the culture. It's a where 
we're witnessing a culture issue, not an X and O issue at the moment. It's the philosophy they have going into games. Uh, I watch what's more disappointing than a Viking game is a Viking presser. You know, I was watching um, Andre Patterson's presser. Uh, a reporter asked him, uh, Griffin is playing outstanding. He's getting after the quarterback. He's getting sacks. Shouldn't he get more playing time than DJ Wanham? He said, you guys don't know what you're talking about. He said, Wanham does so many things that are not sacks, but they do so much on the football field. Uh, they're, he, he's great against the, uh, the, 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 the running game. And, and you know, a quarterback drops back 400 times a game, uh, a season, and they only end up getting 12 sacks. And you guys call 12 sacks a great season. I'm like, really? Yeah, it is a great season to have 12 sacks, uh, Patterson. And they all speak in the Zimmer tone. You know, they're like programmed. All these coaches are programmed to coach the way Zimmer wants them to coach. They, they don't say, you know what, Griffin is dominating. He's, uh, he's amazing. He's getting sacks. That's what we want. It's, it, they're brushing off things like stats, which matter. You know, uh, they're going to say, somebody asked him, uh, Breland's been struggling. Is it a scheme issue? Uh, is he struggling with scheme? And he said, no, he just needs to, you know, make a few more plays here and there. He's the worst-ranked corner in the entire National Football League. It's not a few plays, buddy. It's entire games he's missing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, our, and, and our offense, you know, it's simple. You know, we have a great wide receiver in Justin Jefferson, a reliable one in Thielen. And if we can't get them the ball and, you know, have spread offense and, you know, play modern NFL uh, offense, then we're going to be the 7-8 and eight team, and w- which means, you know what, Mike Zimmer is always going to have one more year to prove it. They're smart. What, one more year, guys. We're almost there. One more year. And I feel like that's what he plays the game for, you know, never to get blown out, never to lose in a way where it's too embarrassing. Keep it close. Keep it safe. You know, 30 seconds, other teams look at Minnesota Vikings end the half to say, we got to scope. Joe Burrow, who, you name it, Jared Goff. But we have Kirk Cousins, Cook, Madison, Jefferson, and we want to run the clock out with two timeouts left constantly. So it's a culture issue. And I feel like unless the front office or somebody in management says, guys, this is not going to be winning football or championship football and we need to correct this, it won't be corrected. It'll just be repetitive. And, you know, we'll come on here for more therapy sessions every game. (laughs) I think your show is going to need more time, more slots, because there's a lot of suffering people that want to be on the show who want to scream out of their ears. And I'm, (laughs) I'm telling you, you need more days to talk to fans besides once a week. Hafid. Appreciate it, man. Bravo, bro. Bravo. In fact, we're gonna make we're gonna make Hafid the Surly Brewing Company call of the show here. Judd, tell the audience about your favorite coping mechanism after a tough Vikings game. Well, let's just say there are six Surly Furiouses in my fridge, and I thought I might go home and have like one or two. No, no, no. Good chance by tomorrow, all six will be gone because of what I was forced to witness and what I want to forget, which is that Vikings performance. But my friends from Surly and Surly Furious in particular allow me to do that with the IPA that revolutionized that style of beer in this state it's awesome if you've tried it thank you if you've tweeted me your pictures at jay zolgad thank you if you haven't give surly furious a whirl you will enjoy it it makes vikings games at least easier to watch you know what else makes these some of these ugly vikings games easier to watch i got my uh, chill boys long underwear on today boys oh yeah total game changer total game changer Chill boys are the most comfortable underwear. I think all three of us agree that we've ever worn yep. so much so that I have gotten rid of all of my non-chill boys underwear. Yep. 
chillboys.com. It's a Minnesota-based company, so you can support one of us. Um, and they really only care about one thing, your comfort. Get yours at chillboys.com and just have a goofy grin on your face, feeling comfortable when the Vikings are melting down. Not bad. Ding. And they have, and they have the purple ones now. They, they, they tweeted out, I think, those purple pair. So now there's That's a purple right. pair of other. And I know Judd Zolgad was also doing modeling. He's just he's racking up these endorsements, man. Good for you, Judd. Good for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I am in great shape right now. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, all right, let's go back to the fans here. Vikings Vent Line, the most fan-friendly, interactive, and therapeutic show in Minnesota sports. Omar, what's going on, man? You're on Vikings What's up, Vent man? Line. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, yes, what's up, Omar? Yeah, man. Uh, I have to watch the team from Canada every week, and I've been doing this since 98. Gary Anderson's been my introduction to Vikings football, so we've had our yeah. you know myriad of ups and downs. But honestly, to be fair with you, my question here is, like with Dan Campbell, he deserves a lot more, like, Look, watching him cry, I'm like, that guy actually cares about his team. Zimmer, I don't know so much, you know what I mean? Because he mentioned that he drinks a lot of coffee, Dan Campbell does, and he said he was going to move on to something a little bit more aggressive. You know, he might want to try the Surly, Surly Furious or something <laughs> because, you know, that was tough to watch. But my, my question, I have a couple questions here. I wrote down some points. A lot of people mentioned how Greg uh, Joseph, like, lost the game against the Cardinals. He saved Zimmer and everyone today. Even though he missed that forty-nine yard field goal there, uh, field goal earlier, he kind of saved him today. Like you know what I mean? Like you have to look at it, you get one and one from from Greg Joseph. My question is though, with Justin Jefferson going crazy, like nobody can guard him on the field, and I understand the Lions probably adjusted to him. Does Kirk not have the ability to like audible into something where he can change the play to at least like get it to a, a pass to like maybe Thielen or KJ Osborne like? What control does Kirk have in terms of audibling into a different play when he sees the whole world's in front of him trying to kill him, let's just say? And today, um, my second question maybe is, how bad do you feel the O-line was, was today? Like, I watched the other games this season, obviously, and I didn't feel like the O-line was as bad as the other games, like they've been in the other games. So I feel like for you, for y'all, how did you all feel about, like, does Kirk ever get that ability to, like, kind of go into a different play and how bad the O-line was for y'all? Those are great questions, Omar. Thanks for jumping on here. Um, Judd, do you – so I, I, I don't know if you have inside information or training camp sort of observations, but Kirk has always said things along the lines of, hey, they call the play. Like, I listen, we run the plays that are called. That's been, sort of been his – he's not a guy like Peyton Manning that's just going to get up there and – call every play himself and survey the defense, right? Um, he's not as demonstrative at the line of scrimmage. I think he's a lot more of a, hey, you tell me what the game plan is, I'll run the plays to the best of my ability. Like, Not that he's not getting the option to check at the line of scrimmage, but um, I don't think he is as much of a conductor at the line of scrimmage than some of the greats that you're used to watching. What do you, what, what's your observation? Uh, my observation is, first of all, co- coaching staffs, unless they have a quarterback who's like a Peyton, don't tell you much about the ability that, that they give their quarterback at the line. And there's a big difference between an audible, which changes the play entirely, and a check. So, like, I think Kirk has the ability, I would hope at least, to check. Oh, yeah. So, so he sees things. But that, but that's a big, long ways away from I am changing the entire play. Um, 
And it certainly feels like Kirk does what Kirk says, which is I take the play call and I execute that play call. Because if he didn't, there would be times I think he would check into a pass more often. Uh, and it just feels like like the second and long thing makes zero sense. It really does. It makes no sense. And so like second, 13, second, 10, I would think if Kirk had the ability to really alter things, he would often be, be like, oh, I okay, the look makes sense to pass here. Let's not just have uh, poor uh, C.J. Ham gain three yards, right? So my sense is that Kirk's telling the truth when Kirk talks about the fact that I take the play that I'm given and attempt to execute it to the best of my ability, which can drive you wild because – because football people are such control freaks that you sit, you say to yourself at some point in time, hasn't Kirk Cousins played this game long enough where he should have some freedom to maybe make a play because the play call is not really going to result in much? Yeah, I'm trying to pull this up, too, with some current data. Uh, but the Vikings, so the Vikings last year were one of the most run-heavy teams in the NFL on second and long, which is infuriating, right? It's like you get all these weapons in the passing game. And it's second and 13 or something. And like they had a play in the first half. I think it was the second quarter. It's second and 17. They hand the ball off for five yards. You are waving the white flag when you hand the ball off on second and 17. And why would you ever consider doing that when you have Justin Jefferson on fire, beating his man and and taunting him on every play? Why would you ever hand off to a backup running back on second and 17? All right. And I like Alex Madison. He's your backup running back. Justin Jefferson's out there. Moose Johnson is telling you they, they had at one point they had a direct snap to Alex Madison on a play. And uh, Moose Johnson, again, a 1990s fullback thinks your offense is too conservative. And he goes, I don't really love that play call. I'm not, I don't know why you need to direct snap it to Alex Madison. Why don't you just hand the ball to him? And then he pauses and goes, or throw it to Justin Jefferson. <laughs> He's exactly right. And I, hey, I, I don't like a second and 13 handoff to Dalvin Cook. I don't like the idea. Yeah. You know, I mean, get creative, do something. Today was today was as bad, I think, of offensive play calling and philosophy as I have seen in a long time here. So, all right, so I found it. Um, the Vikings, this does not count today's games. But on second and 10 or longer, the Vikings are one of the five most run-happy teams in the NFL. They've run the ball going into today. They've run the ball 15 times on second and 10 or longer. So they have waved the white flag 15 times by my count. Pretty amazing. Uh, all right. Keep it going. Vikings vent line rolls on here. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Max with his kitty cat. Oh, oh. <laughs> yo. Oh, my bad, guys. Um, I don't even know. Friendly I have... show. You're good. This is a cat friendly show. <laughs> Man, we love pets. I don't know if um, I'm really going to come with anything original. I really share the same sentiment with a lot of Vikings fans that, like, this play calling is ridiculous. It's conservative as far as conservatives comes. Like, nothing's going to get more calm, vanilla, plain than what they're doing. And I just want to know if the higher-ups have said, you know, this is enough. Like, we've gone through this for eight years, whatever it is, eight, nine seasons, I can't remember specifically. That's why I know if they're gonna if they're just gonna pull the plug in the bye week, regardless of the win, because you you want to call it a win, but <laughs> it doesn't feel like it. You know, like it should it should have been a blowout, like you guys are saying. And I don't know, man. It's, this team's tough to watch. This yeah. team's very tough to watch. I think Max. I think it would take a lot. Like the the Wilfs really pride themselves on stability, and they really do like Mike Zimmer because they love Bill Parcells as Giants fans. 
I think if they would have if if the two point conversion would have been the stamp on this game and they lose, I don't think Zimmer would have gotten fired next week. But I think if you lose in that fashion and then you lose again at Carolina, I think there were then I think there would have been a good chance he got fired at the bye. I don't think like, even if they lose to Carolina next week, I would be pretty shocked if they fired him during the bye just because of how much they want to maintain stability during the season. The common theme has really been, you know, chances on chances on chances. I don't know how you can give this a chance, though. It's just you're, you're sitting at home and you're watching it. They go up 10, they go up 10 points. You're like, all right, cool. You know, we probably should have won by 20, but we'll take the victory. And before you know it, you know, it, we're, we're losing the game. It's, it's crazy to watch. It's, it's frustrating to watch, but, you know, we'll, we'll rock with this team forever. Yeah. Max, good stuff, man. Pouring your Appreciate emotions it. out. Got you. Max. Making a camp. Take care of that cat. I always love when people bring their animals in. All right, who's next, Declan? I think Dex is muted there, but we'll go to Logan. Logan, what's Logan, up, man? You're on Vegas Vent Line. Hey, what's up, guys? Not much, man. How are you? What's up, Logan? How you feeling after that? Very ugly, ugly, ugly way, man. It feels like a loss listening to this vent line right now. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, are you? Did you? Were you at the point where you wanted the Vikings to actually lose, like some of some of our friends have been here, or what? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just. I'm really. I really don't know. Like, I I want Zimmer to get fired ultimately because he's basically the new age Jeff Fisher, and that we're wow, always hovering around yeah. seven or nine, eight and eight, and we have small bursts of being, you know, a good team. But I think, all in all, his whole uh, resume just. Reminds me a lot of Jeff Fisher. <laughs> That's a great comparison. I guess I hadn't thought much about that, but if Mike Zimmer could grow a Jeff Fisher mustache, I think it would pull the comparison <laughs> full circle. Be here for yeah, it. Yeah, and I just love it. Just watching the game, I just it's so frustrating that they just it seems like he just doesn't trust the quarterback at all. And he's very capable. He's not Aaron Rodgers, but he's very capable. He can he throws a nice ball. He can win you games if you trust him. So this is very frustrating with the shuffling musical chairs with uh, Darisaw and Hill. And every time Darisaw came in, uh, it seemed like it gave the offense a little bit of a spark. And every time they put Rashad Hill back in, it just went south. So very frustrating. Yeah. Logan, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. See you, Logan. Logan. And why are you doing that to your first-round pick? If he's ready to play, he's ready to play. I mean, if you feel that he can play, you know, approximately, I think it was – five series in this game then he's prepared to start like why are you getting cute with this and by the way can we just end the uh chris herndon experiment yeah dude like like you traded a fourth round pick you just gave it away um he took two penalties he has not caught a pass he's done nothing he's done nothing productive uh that was a terrible trade rick spielman let's just end this thing it's ridiculous what's he doing out there like this stuff makes no sense to me again it's not that hard. Go I feel like Judd up. has posed about fourteen rhetorical Do questions. Your job. <laughs> but I mean, you traded you traded a fourth round. You, but you, Rick Spielman, who love fourth round picks, fourth and fifth round picks are the lifeblood of the Minnesota Vikings LLC, right? And you gave one away and got a sixth rounder back for Chris Herndon, who's done nothing, and you clearly have no plans for. Besides, he takes penalties and and the Darisaw thing. I mean, the Darisaw directive should have come down from the front office. He's starting this week, and he's playing, unless he, he gets hurt. Like, this whole thing of, well, we got to play Rashad Hill some, too. Why? They're trying to ease him in, is the, is the quote that Mike Zimmer but used after the game. But, but I can go downstairs to Mike right now and tell him, don't do that. 
Like that's a ridiculous that that is so blind to the situation. He's your left tackle. He's a first round pick. You you know you couldn't play him at first. I get that, but ease him in. So you're trying to ease him in while trying to get Kirk killed by Rashad Hill. Is that what we're trying to do here? It's weird. It's like ease him it in. Makes no sense. I mean, he's is he ready to play or not? Or not guess, exactly. I don't know. I mean, it's is pro it, sports. What's the difference? So he played like 30 snaps, but he couldn't handle 58 or 60 snaps. Like I, I don't know. It's just if, if he's he's he looks to me like he's just right now better than Rashad Hill. And if that's the yes. case, then okay. Yes. Well, and by the way, you eased him in by barely playing him in the first half. All right, we're gonna give you the second half. You know, I, the whole thing's weird. Also, I'm just like I'm Sorry. just assuming that everything stinks at this point. Like everything feels off there even even with the win it just there's all these little red flags you know i've 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 been very careful not to just call for mike zimmer's head because be careful what you wish for like mike zimmer is 15 games above 500 as a vikings coach and you know they're you know they've been competitive they went to an fc championship game but you know today was so glaringly obvious that he is not capable or equipped to lead a team to a super bowl like he doesn't He's not he doesn't think about offense enough. He doesn't think about the last two minutes of a half enough, whether it's the points the Vikings have given up defensively or just them waving the white flag with forty seconds to go and two timeouts. Like it's just like, dude, you've been a head coach for eight years and and now you're carving out time to hang out with your quarterback for the first time and you still haven't figured out game and clock management inside two minutes. It's like, dude, then go be a defensive coordinator. That's cool. So and, be a defensive coordinator for the Cowboys or something. And the lack of truthfulness is galling because they played they played bar, I think, every snap, basically. So you're telling me you got to ease Darasaw in, ease him in, when he actually was playing college football into December last year. But Barr, who hasn't played since September of 2020, can just bounce right back and play all the snaps. Yeah. It, like, at least come up with a good lie. Dude, it's so it's it's so weird too. Like Mike Zimmer talks such a big game, right? Defense, and he's a tough guy, and you know he'll get in. He's a hard nosed coach, but then when it comes to offensive aggressiveness, he's one of the most conservative coaches in the entire NFL. And you know, easing his new left tackle in, we're gonna sort of baby him. It's like, dude, he's 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 ready to play. He's here. He's been practicing for two weeks. Let's time to go. Let's go, dude. Your 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 career is on the line as a coach, and you're running Rashad Hill out there for the first month and a half. All you need to know is that Dakota Dozier, promoted again from the practice squad, was active today, and Wyatt Davis is not. Yeah. Like, um, you don't trust your yeah. third-round pick, and you think Dakota Dozier, who was one of the worst guards in the National Football League last year, if not the worst, can be the backup. Whoa, okay. I just saw a weird video. A super weird video of uh, Dex. I'm going to try and send this to you so yeah. we can play it for the audience I, here. I think I know what it might be. It's uh, it, it's the Kirk Cousins Mike Zimmer. Did you see that video? Kirk Cousins Mike Zimmer interaction as the yep. kick was going through. Yep. Okay. I got it. I'll, I'll cue that up. All right. I, 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 we'll just we'll play it for the audience and then describe it for the audio audience. It's very. It's like Kirk went over to try and fire Zim up after they won the game, and. Zim didn't really know what Kirk was doing, or I, I don't know. It was weird. It's a it was weird very thing. weird. So, uh, all right, let's let's keep it rolling here. Vikings. Let's go line. to uh, let's go to Dan. Dan, what's up, man? You are on Vikings Vent Line. How's it going, man? What's up, guys? How are y'all doing? Good, dude. Good, man. We're good, here. We're good. here for you if you need us. I I need you guys today. That's for sure. <laughs> I, we need. We all need each other. Look, I've been a long time listener, and I've wanted to come on 
forever ago, but I was afraid that I would overstay my welcome with too much anger and frustration. But um, I got I got notes, so I'm ready. <laughs> I love it. This is great. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. The floor is yours. <laughs> uh, listen, I've been a Vikings fan for like over 20 years, and I've come to this realization. Uh, you can call it a conspiracy theory that I, I don't think that this team is a real NFL team. I think it's a spoof team of a real team. And it's because their play calling, like everything they do is so predictable. Like I, I feel like every year it's the same thing. Yeah. And like my wife is watching the game next to me and she doesn't know much about football. And I'm over here looking like a psychic because I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is going to happen. Screen and pass. Here comes. Happens yeah. Every single time. And then it's just like we're all on here today. Like keep in mind we won this game. And like we're more fired up uh, with a win than like with a loss. Like it, we're all saying the same thing. And it's, it's an insult to this fan base for all these years that we've supported them, that this coaching staff, like, continues to be so mediocre. And we're wasting talent um, with just terrible coaching. And, uh, yeah, that's, like, the biggest thing that I wanted to say. I have so many things that I could say, but that's that's it for now. <laughs> no, it does. If it does. No, Dan, thanks for coming on, man. Don't make it be your last time. Jump on again here sometime. Um yeah, it's like they have a ton of talent on this team. Think about it. They've got yes. they've got some of the best skill position players in the NFL, and Alex Madison's probably the third best running back in the NF in the in the division in the NFC North. And uh, you know, we we poke at Kirk for how rigid he is and for his flaws, but Kirk's one of the twelve to fifteen best quarterbacks in the world. He's when he's given protection, he's incredible. Daniil Hunter. Eric Kendricks, Harrison Smith, like they got some dudes on this team and they're like desperately trying to get into 50-yard field goal range to beat the Lions at home. What are you guys doing? Yeah, and they just, I mean, they literally, I I think the reason why this feels like a loss is because they literally just fell apart. Like they came unglued. It was like they were playing a good team and I just don't get it. Um, but, but I mean, I, I will say this as far as play calling goes, and it started with the uh, very curious decisions late in the first half to run Madison twice back to back. The fans did start to boo finally. And like they had, they got booed in the second half offensively and they deserved it. But you know, this is the same team that watched the Cleveland Browns get the ball right late in the first half last week. And, and the draw play to hunt, which got 33 yards and they went down and got what a field goal, Eureka, a late field goal. You had 41 seconds. You started with 41 seconds when you got the ball back, and you had a chance to get a field goal attempt. And you just ran out the clock happily as like, da-di-da-di-da, this is going to be fantastic. We'll run out the clock. And and you look at that, and I think fans have every right to boo because, Phil, to your point, you look at Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne, Madison, uh, Conklin. You have options to get the ball done. And I'm not e- even saying you got to throw a bomb. I'm saying, how, how about a, how about a screen? How, how about a wheel route? How about something that's going to get you a big chunk of yards that allows you to get one more chunk and kick a field goal. Yeah. I mean, you that's don't even need to be for. like, you say like, how about a screen? How about just freaking dropping back and throwing the ball to Thielen and Jefferson? Well, the protection. Okay. The, as bad as the Vikings, this is where, this is not a thing too. Yes. The Vikings offensive line is bad at pass protection. 
but it's overstated how bad it is. It's like even as bad as it is, you still have a clean pocket 50% of the time, all right? And and today I think it was probably even a little bit better than that. Like I don't I don't remember the offensive line just being overwhelmed like they were against Miles Garrett and company, right? Just drop back. What are you worried about? And you know what? Here's the thing. Let's say the worst thing happens, okay? Let's say the line let's say someone breaks through and it's a strip sack and the Lions house it for a touchdown. Who cares? Just go beat them in the second half. It's the Lions. Take the freaking training wheels off your offense and, and go score points. And you know what? If you if you throttle down, sometimes you're going to make mistakes. Sometimes when you throw the ball up to Justin Jefferson, there's going to be an interception. That's okay. But if you're throttling down on a regular basis, the good is going to outweigh the bad. And they're so paralyzed by, well, but like, what if it, what if this like one in 50 chance of something bad happens? Who cares? Overcome it. And don't forget, too, and, and this is what happens when you get overly conservative is when you actually screw up. The Madison fumble was trying to be as conservative as possible. That yeah. was that was trying to be like, OK, let's just be safe here. Let's be safe. Oh, no, he lost the football. And, but then the worst part about that is then Zim freaks out and he's like, well, from now on, we're not even going to try that. We're going to go more conservative. And this but that's where athletes get hurt when they try not to get hurt and football teams screw up when they try not to screw up. And that's and that's why that sequence with him fumbling and being stripped was so galling. And the other thing, too, is they put him back in injured. He got hurt the play before. And then they brought Ham in and actually ran a play to Ham, which is I don't know why. And so then they're they're like, okay, CJ has to come oh, out now. Let's put Madison, who's banged up, dinged up, back in. <laughs> so I would rather have them take shots actually to try and make a play. At least if, if you're going to go down, go down that way, as yeah. opposed to what we were trying to be conservative as possible. And it still bit us in the ass. All right, Declan has a, a clip here. I don't even really know what this is. This is this is footage of. This is the the game winning kick goes through the uprights, and and Mike Zimmer is kind of standing there with his little headset on watching it, and Kirk is fired up, and Kirk is trying to get Mike fired up, and Mike it doesn't really know what's happening at first, and then Mike like lashes out at Kirk, and I couldn't tell if they were just like fired up or if Mike was like get out of my face, you're being weird. Declan, a, anything yeah. to add before we play this? It's just a quick six-second clip of them embracing each other, and embracing is an interesting way to say it. Here's <laughs> the right, clip. Here's okay. No audio here. <laughs> so hold on. Let's, let's, let's go one more time because it's a quick one. Let's go one more time. Here it is again for the video audience. Okay. Kirk, like, grabs him by the collar. It, like Kirk is fired up and grabs Mike by like the front of the shirt and pulls him in and Mike like like shoves Kirk back and it was it was you know football players get fired up we're gonna shove each other but it was like right it was uh it was a weird interaction very that, weird interaction that um was question number one to Kirk in Kirk's press conference to which he said like three words just trying to fire him up. Just trying, trying to, to fire the guys yeah. up. Hey, you yeah, so... twenty points, man. Yes, you gave us a chance at the end, but I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah! <laughs> but you know what? This is so weird, man. That it's such was, a weird relationship. That was that was the perfect ending, like weird sequence to that game. Yep. Like instead of being full of jubilation and stuff, it was just yeah. this weird one guy tried punching the guy in the chest and the and other it's, guy. And it's him. also, I feel like t- today was such a again, so it was a microcosm. It was it was just very. 
uh, symblematic of the bigger things that sort of haunt the Vikings, right, and why they can't really get to that top level. This is the most you got the quarterback and the head coach. It's supposed to be the most important relationship of any team, right? It's like the player that has the most influence on winning and the coach and the vision and and these guys have just never fully been on the same page for four seasons and now they're kind of watching film together, but it's like you watch that interaction, it's just very obvious that those guys are not on the same page. One guy's trying to get fired up and the other guy's like, "What are you doing? Go away." Okay, I guess I'll get fired up and it's like, "Ooh." Yeah. Ooh. All right. Ventline uh, rolls on here. The most interactive, fan-friendly show in Minnesota sports. We're here for you guys today, even though they did win the games. So. Oh, yes, sir. What up? What up, PJ? What's, what's up, up, PJ? Man? man, I've been watching the Vikings since T Jack. Man, he used to be my coach. I'm from Montgomery, Alabama. So, right on, man. Cool, dude. T Jack, rest man. in peace. Rest in peace, T Jack. Uh, so yeah, man. Um, I'm going. I'm just gonna keep it a buck. Like, number one, Christian Derisaw moves people. Man, I play offensive line in college, so that's all I watch. He gets to the second level. He plays with base, plays with good leverage. Like he's he's it. Get Rashad Hill out of there. He's he's out of there. Matter of fact, throw all of them out of there. It's just Darisaw snapping the ball to Cousins. Nobody else. It's just him. Wingspan. He could do it. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, chiming into what you said about Kirk and Zim's relationship. Ever since 2018, when they let Kirk air it out, and they realized, oh man, this not gonna work. Even though Dalvin was hurt. It was like, oh, no, nah, we're not going to let him throw the ball around. So ever since then, they've been trying to force the ball down people's throat like it's 1986. And it doesn't work. Like, Kirk literally was throwing 4,000 yards a game in Washington before that. You know, he don't have to do that now or whatever, but you can at least make it a little bit more balanced. On top of, on top of running the ball on second and long, nobody does that, bro. Like, nobody does that. You give, you give Kirk, you give, you give Eric Bieniemy. I like him. He should be our next coach. He's tough. I like him. Yeah. Um, you give Kirk a guy like that, and everybody benefits. Not even just him. The offensive line they draft differently. Like it's just a whole other mentality. Aside from from Zim, I think Zim had a decent run. He's cool, but it's over. I know the players love him, but and that's a really hard thing to to separate. But it's time. Like it's it's really really time. And I no, I think another thing that's important is Rashad Breeland. Oh my God, he is so bad. I don't care. I don't care what type of swag he think he got, like trying to brush off haters or whatnot, saying that he the 103rd guy. Like, bro, no. Honest guy, don't lie, dude. Like, you not it, my bro. Like, yeah. when Danzler <laughs> get back, when Danzler get back, you out of here, my bro. Like, it's over with for you. You can you can cheer the crowd on when you get a pillow all you want, bro. Like, that's your, that's your own insecurities chomping in right now. Like, you not it, my bro. Like, it's over with. Yeah. No, it's that's yeah, it's bad. And, it's really and, bad. And he made, like, a few tackles t- today, and I felt like fans came back and said, oh, look, Breland can make some plays here. He made tackles because he got beat. There was the one third, I think it was, like, third and 12, and the guy got 10 yards, and he at the very last second threw him out of bounds, and so it was a fourth and two, which, by the way, the Lions were in Vikings territory. should have gone for it. They didn't. Yeah. But Breland was, like, celebrating. It's like, no, there's nothing to celebrate there. Yeah, bro, he, know, he, he knows he's bad. Like, he's he's really, really bad, and – it doesn't make any sense to keep playing them. I know it's pride because a lot of times um, they want to say they they want to they just want to make themselves feel right. Like yeah, we went out the way and got these guys. They have to be good, or yeah. we look bad. So all of a sudden, when these guys are doing bad, you have to be on his side. They have no leverage in that situation, even if they want to sit him. It it just makes your decision making bad. Same thing with the the tight ends. Oh my god, 
those guys right there, oh man, practice squad, them boys, they out of there. Like, like practice, practice squad, them boys. We need, uh, we need to give, we need to give Irv Smith the Zenzu bean from Dragon Ball Z. We yes, sir. Get up and yes. Feel, baby. It's over with. It is. Absolutely- Dude, I saw that uh, Bizarro, Bizarro Kyle Rudolph committed a penalty at one point today. Oh. I saw a number, number Wilson, 82 out there. Yeah, that guy. dropped the pass, too. Yeah, that's first right. First target, I think. That could first be a game target, for him. And Herndon, so, so a fourth-round pick for Herndon, and the only two times I've heard his name called were today both penalties. One questionable, but still. Oh, nice job. One more thing, man. Anybody who any, – uh, this, is, this is just me coming from a, being a football player and having that competitive spirit. If you're looking at your favorite team and you want them to lose, bro, like you are falling into that same losing mentality that the team you're watching. Do not ever wish for your team to lose, no matter how bad they play, because it's football at the end of the day. Football random. Just like how Aaron Rodgers can go to the Lions and be in a dogfight with them and win. You know, it happens the same way with any other team. Like, it just happens. And since I've been a fan since T-Jack, like I've seen my fair share of disappointment from the Vikings. But that gives – there's. There's no that that gives any no incentive to to just root for the team to lose. I'm not with that. You feel me? I We're think not. better than that. PJ, you get the awesome. you get the round of applause too. Awesome job, dude. Good work, man. Yeah. Dude, like the hat. Yeah, Good free hat. Plus, I live in Atlanta. My guy, like. It's, oh no! It's worse being a Falcons fan. I'm trying to tell you. What do you oh, mean that they won today? Didn't they win this morning in London? Yeah, they beat the Jets. <laughs> yeah, they played. What? This is great. Bro, it was we, a dominant victory. We beat the Browns in London. <laughs> Brown, well, come on! Yeah, I, no, I love I, that. Those poor London fans. Like they, every year, it's like, all right, who who are we going to feature? The the Jets, the Browns. We're going to put the, let's the Texans out there in front of eighty thousand screaming league. British fans. Then, uh, then the, the who played in Mexico last year? Then, then somebody played in Mexico. They canceled it, didn't they? I, yeah, I thought I think, they canceled it because yeah, of COVID. I think they canceled it too. Yeah, it's yeah. supposed to be like the Cowboys or something. But but they take garbage and ship it across <laughs> the. O- ocean and they're all very thankful oh we love to see your garbage <laughs> the jaguars yeah the you guys will love garbage them garbage really good <laughs> they're on back order they stuck on the ship on back order yeah. <laughs> uh pj thanks for jumping on man hopefully we see you again yeah. sometime um one of the i think uh one of the first things he brought up was just going back to like you know second and long why are why are the vikings running the ball i found another stat all right so the so I told you guys earlier in the show second and long and by second and long I mean second and uh, and nine or more okay mm-hmm. the Vikings going into today ran the ball fifteen times which is the third most of any team in the NFL on second and nine or more yeah. and so of course like Mike Zimmer thinks well we didn't do anything on first down so we need to you know fall forward for some yardage and move rather than thinking about no like we've got we we have a an arsenal of pass weapons like what's the best way to chunk yards here so 15 runs on second and long going into today the tampa bay buccaneers have run the ball 14 times period on second down all season on second and everything second and two second and five it's like the, the the buccaneers say second down is our take a shot down and that's why we're a big play, you know, big chunk offense. So Tom Brady obviously is the greatest quarterback of all time. So maybe they trust him more than the Vikings trust Kirk. But still, that's pretty but, amazing. But when you have the weapons that the Vikings do, that's what's perplexing and disturbing. And Kirk is not terrible. But when you have Jefferson and Thielen and Osborne now, and for, I mean, th- this is the first time in a long time that I think they've had three guys at receiver who you trust. And you don't ever try and take shots. And you know what? Forget second long how about second and short how about second and short a little play action it's gonna freeze uh, the defense 
Sorry, we have breaking we have breaking Vikings Twitter news. Okay. Bashad Breland has spoken on Twitter. All right, this is uh PG thirteen at minimum here. Okay. Okay, so if you got if you got kids, turn the volume down for ten seconds. Bashad Breland tweets I'm convinced y'all love my Johnson in y'all mouth. Enjoy the win and shut the bleep up. Like Jacksonville Brat? Yes, like a yes. Jacksonville Brat. Exactly. exactly what Would it, it could is. be a sponsor. By, by the way, yeah. by the Johnson way Jacksonville Brats. Brats, your sponsorship <laughs> right here. on that dog? I yeah, love my great. Jacksonville. <laughs> I, I love my Jacksonville Brats. Um, dude. You've got to be kidding Probably me. just don't want to tweet that. What is, is up with cornerbacks? Uh, tweeting <laughs> following home games like Dantzler and now and he's going to be like I didn't mean I you guys misinterpreted it I don't even like this dude's out here just fighting fans he's telling fans to shut the bleep up and that and, and then I, I, won't, I won't read it again but like one of the more vulgar things you can say to somebody oh it's amazing you got right. Dantzler chirping at fans a couple weeks yeah. ago Brashad Breland Am I missing something oh. with the first part? Like, does the first part make sense besides just being offensive? What do you mean? How, what do you mean? Does the first part? Make I'm sense? convinced y'all love. Like, what does I, that doesn't even make sense to me? Like, I think it's just being <laughs> offensive, but it doesn't make sense. He's saying. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> uh, there's a way to say this, and we're not going to do it on the. Show. But, I'll but you can tell I me. Can, I, no, yes. but I'm asking. No, no, no. I'm not, not asking you to explain on there. What I'm saying, Dex, yep. is does it make sense? Yes. Like, like I'm 51, yes. going on yes. 52. I probably in our don't classic Mackie and Judd conversations off mic. Yes, that that can okay. be just, that can be. Okay. What he's what he's yeah. insinuating here is y'all like talking about me so much. Y'all must like me a lot. You must like me enough to want. Okay. Yeah, I, I got it. This I, is awesome. That's how much like you're gonna you're talking about me this much. Then you must really like me enough to want. I hear you. Okay. Oh my god. Oh my all right, let's. Uh, all right, should we keep going? All right, let's get, hey. let's get the fads back in here. All let's right, here uh, let's get a Vikings right. fan in. Jeremy, what's up, dude? That's your great transition. You're on Vikings event line. How are you? <laughs> yes, yeah, so, longtime listener, first time caller. I'm uh, I'm in Columbus, Ohio, so there's not a lot of Vikings fans out here. So you guys are truly therapeutic uh, at the end of every Ur- Sunday. Urban Meyer's place, by chance? Oh well, not any longer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody, what's going on? Urban's home. Yeah. Somebody, I heard someone last week call him a Bourbon Meyer. That's his new nickname. Hey. Yeah. There you go. It's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean, speaking of Brashad, I mean, that was one of the things I was going to mention is just how terrible he is. Completely. I forgot that Dantzler was had the COVID stuff. Cause that's why he is out, right? Was the COVID? Yeah. Correct. Yeah, I forgot that yeah, he is he out. So I was, I was pretty frustrated seeing Breland out again. Um, but the, yeah, the other thing. I mean, I've been a Vikings fan my whole life, and and so a lot of these things are unfortunate. It, it's it's crazy how much they can still surprise you, even though they do the exact same thing every week. So well um, but, man, it was around like three minutes and 30 seconds, I think, was left in the fourth quarter. We were up 16-9, and they were, they were making plays as if there was 30 seconds left on the clock. Yeah. We was first down. We were in their territory, and they, they ran three run plays to, like, run the clock down. Mm-hmm. And it is at that point that it's like, all right, this game's – over there's just no they they play the game as if they're all 100 years old and haven't watched a modern football game uh and just make the most conservative plays um 
Whereas any other team would, would just continue driving down the field and just continue to score points. But they decided three minutes and 30 seconds was seven points was enough of a lead to just run the ball, which led obviously to an almost loss. Mm-hmm. Pretty much every, yeah, every week when the Vikings lose, my wife knows I immediately am like, all right, Vikings vent line. I need some therapy. <laughs> Stay it's clear. the first time that uh, they've won. And I've immediately been like, all right, I need to go get some therapy. Mm-hmm. Good for yeah. you. Yeah, no, we're, we're here for you, man. This is free of charge. It really. <laughs> the key um, is to know you, though, and you know that you need therapy after this piece it of is, garbage it's, we were forced yeah. to watch. It's World Mental like Health that. Day, and Jeremy is taking advantage of that here. That's right. On Vikings Vantland. Thanks for jumping on, man. Yeah, Appreciate thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, let's keep going here, Dex. All right, man. Let's go to uh, let's go to Jabril. Jabril, what's going on, dude? With the, with the hookah, I think you're. It's like Jabril. Definitely hookah. Uh, Love it. Thirdly, I need some insurance from Federated Mutual. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, uh, if you need frontline protection like Christian Derisaw brought today for the first time, Federated Insurance is here to help you. They're they're big on risk management. They're big on fire prevention. In fact, that's the theme of the month here. Just make sure that your systems are up to date when it comes to fire prevention, employee protection. Federatedinsurance.com. And remember, it's Federated. It's our business to protect yours. And quickly, quickly, <laughs> very appropriate because early in this game, the fire alarm went off yeah, in I the that building. Was a siren. And, then, and then there was an announcement that is, uh, clearly comes with the fire alarm. And they just decided, let's shut it off. It was the greatest. Like, the fire alarm's going off. So the building could have been on fire, but the Vikings are on offense. We don't have time for this. Shut it off. And at first we thought, oh, man, it's part of the game ops. No, it was the fire alarm, a very fitting way to start the day. They should have federated right here in this building. Amazing. Uh, All right, Jabril, your floor. Go ahead. I've been on all year. I was on a couple times last year. I I just have so much to say. First things first, I almost got in a, a bar fight with a bunch of Patriots fans week one, protecting my Vikings. You know, we couldn't couldn't beat the, the Bengals. Uh, I was just telling my girlfriend about the game. We were up 16-6 and six most of the game. And it's just like, when are we going to separate ourselves and, and put this game away? I think, and CeeDee Lamb just scored a touchdown. I think I'm, I'm more upset because I had a parlay today. Two touchdowns with uh, uh, Derrick Henry in the win. Justin Jefferson, 150 yards in the win, and uh, Zeke Elliott, 100 rushing yards in the win. So, as you know, Justin Jefferson killed me on that, even though he had 100 at halftime. So, I'm like, you know, this is mm. a At some point, I don't know why you don't keep going to him. I don't understand why we don't utilize the best part of our offense, especially when Dalvin Cook is not in the game. The, the conservative play on third down kills me. A direct snap, who is it's not Madden. You know, I can't throw the ball every play that I want to or, you know, get Kirk 400 yards passing. But, I mean, they have corners that their best corners out of the game. Okuda, he's not playing. Why not keep feeding Justin Jefferson? Why consistently go for it on third down? And we run the ball on third down and fumble and give him a chance to win. Now, I, didn't, I never wanted to lose the game because I had the Vikings on all of my tickets, which I normally don't do. <laughs> um, but I wanted Justin Jefferson to get to 150 yards. That didn't happen. But it's just like... I don't know if we're like you say we're we're playing not to lose, and that should never be your strategy playing football. You should always play to win. You got to take risks, and we're not going to take that next leap to the next level if we're not trying to do the best thing that we can on on offense. Like we're we're limiting ourselves 
And it's sad because the two wins that we have against the Lions, a Seahawks team that has no offensive line, has no defense at all. So I haven't been excited about any of the wins that we have this year. I said if we lost this game, I'd be completely done. I'd start watching hockey or something. There you go. Um, if we're not 3-3 three and three by the bye, which we have less than two weeks now, but we have to beat the, pa- the Panthers, I'm, I'm pretty much done on the season because, I mean, this we're not going to win the Super Bowl, honestly. I mean, the only way that happens is if something clicks out of nowhere, which doesn't really happen for football teams. Either you have or you don't. So I, and that's another reason, with this being probably one of our last years with our Kirk experiment, why are we not trying to – do as much as we can in the air like this this should be the year that we transition you know where our backs against the wall we don't get it done zim is probably gone spillman's probably gone everybody's probably gone so let's do as much on offense as possible let's prove that we should have a job this right here showed that you guys shouldn't have a job yeah, the play calling was awful jabril thanks you always bring uh, great insight appreciate you jumping on the show here and uh to that three and three notion too because they're two and three right now and the Panthers are on the horizon. So the Panthers blew a 15-3 to lead at home to the Eagles today and lost 21-18. to So they dropped to 3-2 and and will have a bad taste in their mouths as they head into practice for the week. Um, the Panthers have racked up some wins against bad teams, but that's a really good defensive front that you're going to have to face. It's a road game. So, you know, the season... If you go into the bye two and four, and then you got to come out against Dallas and Baltimore and the Packers and the Chargers, right? Like this Panthers game, if you don't win it, you can whether you want to fire Zimmer at the bye or whether you want to fire him after the season. Like you're not, I don't think you're making the playoffs if you don't beat the Panthers this upcoming weekend. I just feel like today's game was really a test of the Vikings. Like Detroit stinks, so this was a great game to come out and just fire on all cylinders offensively and defensively and and to use a complete boring cliche make a statement and they didn't even come close to it and and it started it started with coaching like it didn't start with players it started with coaching like it was like they were playing not to lose and desperate instead of saying you know what like if they believed so if they believed their own garbage about you know we've lost some close games and we are not a one and three team we are far superior but we've had some bad luck you would have come out today and put your foot on the lion's throat from the very start, right? And made a statement because I think the Vikings, my problem with the Vikings is far more to do with them than their opponents. My problem is who are they? Who, who do they truly believe that they can be? And I don't think they know the answer. Um, but I think this garbage about we are, you know, one and three doesn't reflect us today. They played like a team that one and three clearly reflects and they won. They won. By the way, if you had uh, over under six minutes on how long it would take Bashad Breeland to delete that tweet lashing out at Vikings fans, if you had the under, then you it's would. gone? Yeah, he has deleted the tweet. Oh, you know. Bashad, Enough people I'm, have screenshotted it, though. So I'm unfor- still- yeah, unfortunately, Bashad, once it's on Twitter, it's on Twitter. Do you think, so how does that work? Like, does a PR person or it's got to be like a Vikings PR person yeah, reaches out and do. says deleted. Or do you think that the Vikings PR people have all the logins for their Twitter and just like when, go in there? When we're done, guess who's going to go do some insighting and find out for tomorrow's show? Because I'm sitting PR. I'm pointing right now, mm-hmm. right down there. Yeah, just ask them like when, when one of your cornerbacks, which is becoming a weekly thing now, when yeah. one of your cornerbacks uh, tweets something stupid right after the game from the locker room, like, right? Do you guys have to like make them delete it? You know, what's well, the and the now the Dantzler thing? I will say this: 
and he is not a mature kid yet. But in Dantzler's case, I'll defend him just a little bit because he watched Bashad Breeland like we did, and he's like, this guy sucks. You mean I can't play? And then the next week he did play a ton. Yeah. Breeland ripped the fans. Um, buddy, don't rip the fans. This is not the fans. Yeah. Also, like when a franchise like Kansas City just decides, yeah, we're probably good on this guy. And oh. he and he, you know, he was like the twenty sixth ranked cornerback according to PFF last year, so he wasn't a train yeah. wreck last year. And they're like, yeah, we're probably good on this guy. Eh, did you might see be who, a sign? And did did you see who had a pretty good uh, defensive game for the Kansas City Chiefs last week? Mike I'm going to guess Mike, Mike Hughes, Hughes probably. Huh? Yeah. Yep, the Vikings were convinced he was done, and it looks like he wasn't done. Hmm. Interesting. All right, let's keep moving here on Vikings Vent Line, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Titus, what's going hey, on? Hey, Titus. Man? Yo, what's going line. on, you guys? How you guys doing? Good, dude. What's happening with you? Uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know how to feel. You know, I, I think a lot of people don't know how to feel about this game. But, you know, I think the fire alarm in the stadium was actually working because, you know, it, it was working really well because, you know, there was an incoming dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was on top of it. So, you know, how can you be upset about that? But, you know, if, if I'm looking at this game, you know, if I'm the Wolves, I'm like, I can't let this, I can't, like, let this trick me. You know, like I have to uh, like look at the big picture and be like, look at all these games, you know, look what's happened. I can't let this be like, oh, Zim's fine now. Oh, everything's fine. Um, no, it's not fine. And um, yeah, you uh, you kind of almost threw that game away. And uh, that's a game you got to go in and you just got to win, you know? Yeah, no, it's true. I, I don't I don't think ownership looks at that game and thinks, yeah, like what a clutch victory come from behind at the end. I think they're probably just as disgusted and are probably sitting there thinking, okay, well, that's uh, it's interesting the way that that game played out. We'll see what ha- I think. I think it's just another piece of information and I don't, I don't think it's positive information for ownership. Yeah. And, you know, and one of those things it's I, I kind of see like this pattern with the Vikings lately and it's um, you know, it's, Let's keep the game close. You know, let's give the other team a chance. Let's, uh, you know, and there's so many chances, like the Bengals game, you know, the Cardinals game. It's It always comes down to these little chances that each team, it's like a battle. It's like, oh, you have the game. No, 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 you have the game. Yeah. It's like, what are you What are you guys doing out here? You know, like go in, go in and either dagger. I mean, you got to go in and either dagger this team, right? Or you just got to lose. Like if you're going to lose, just lose. You know, don't, don't flirt with this. Don't do that flirting with the, on the line there, like. Just make a decision, go in and win, or just go lose. Like, how can you be happy about this? You know. So yeah, that's, yeah. No, these are good points, man. That. Good stuff, Titus. Yeah, and I, Titus. And I think you're right. Like a lot of people are like, just like Titus said off the top of his call. I don't know how to feel. This is weird. Well, if they had lost, you could just be fully like venomous right. and call for heads. But now they're two and three. Okay. All right. They're just. But it just feels like here we go again, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're. In 2020, going into the bye, one and five. And so at that point, I'm like, just lose out. I mean, who cares? Just get the draft no, pick. Not and then, of franchise. course, they, yeah, they rally. They, I mean, they are, they, are, they are the 2016 Wild. They are the new Furious Rallies. This they, franchise is a gravitational pull to 500, regardless of which direction you start. You start one and five, gravitational pull toward 500. Here comes the hot streak, right? You start one and three. Oh, we're going to give you an ugly win over the Lions. Or if you if, if you're off to a hot start like they were with Sam Bradford six and zero or whatever it was, then we're gonna we're gonna pull you back in. You're gonna finish eight and eight. I mean, it's it's that's what it is. Kirk Cousins is also a gravitational pull toward five hundred. Do you know what this is not? This is not a likable team. 
Like, it's just not a likable team. Um, and, and if they won, we wouldn't care about that. But I don't like teams where we're, we're like, oh, look at all the talent, but they don't know how to use the talent. And then, and then you know, the majority of players, you're like, I don't, you know, Jefferson's a great player. I love him. But Cousins and Thielen, and I'm not saying, I, I mean, they're fine guys, I'm sure, in life. But as far as athletes go, I just like, whatever. And it's just frustrating be, because Titus is exactly right. It's like, pick your path. Like today, how do you not just come out here and, and be like, bam, we are all in. It's Detroit. I don't care if it's Detroit or or Jacksonville or a little league team. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're going to beat the crap out of this team. And they just don't do it. I mean, it does. And I don't, don't know if Dex would agree with me on this or not. It does remind me of the mm-hmm. wild five years back where you're like, there's a lot of talent here and I just yeah. don't think it works. I don't like how it fits together. Um, I don't feel like they're structured to, to have an instinct of let's go do this. I feel like it's like, okay, our backs are against the wall now. And now let's show everybody that doesn't work. Yeah. It's, it's, it's eerily similar to that wild team. It's just a, it's not bad enough to tank. It's not good enough to be elite and you're stuck between that 15th and uh 16th spot in your draft order at the end of the day and that's where you hit the detonate button that's right i can't stop watching this kirk zimmer video it's so weird can we play it one more time dex yeah or yeah. to like or play it like three times because okay. it's like it's, six seconds left okay or six seconds long it's it's kirk getting fired up grabbing after the game-winning kick goes in zimmer okay so kirk punches mike in the chest grabs him by the collar Zimmer then like shoves Kirk away and an assistant coach like pulls Zim back almost like watch this guy. Like this yeah. assistant coach almost it almost feels like are they it's fighting? Yeah, it's, it's hard so to tell. weird. It's just I mean, Kirk it's is just very, like he's kind of an awkward, uncomfortable yeah. guy and he's trying that's to That's so hard to tell. Alpha. And it's the moment like that's it was a, like when it's like when Mike weird. Tyson shoved Stone Cold in the first promo, like at WWF Raw in '98. It was like, wait, who is who is at fault here? I doing? will say this: football sidelines are odd places. Yeah. So, like, there's a lot of stuff that that doesn't, doesn't mean much sense. that looks like a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kirk said, "I was just celebrating with him. I was yeah. just fired up." Uh, yeah. <laughs> so all right, buddy. Um, all right. Vikings vet line rolls on here. Mackie, Judd, Daklin, please click the subscribe and the like button on this video. Click the like button if you're just sick of the Vikings right now, even though they won. Uh, all right. Let's go to, uh, is it Kyle? Yes. <clears throat> Kyle Nelson. What's hey, up, Kyle? Kyle? I'm a resident here in Dallas, but originally grew up in Bloomington, Minnesota. Cool. And uh, just wanted to support uh, <clears throat> Judd's stance on passing on first downs. Um just uh, running through the uh, plays here on my app, and one in particular was the fifth series in the second half, where we unfortunately ended up with an interception. Mm-hmm. But they um, they passed on first down um, at the five yard line, got uh, eleven yards, and then decided then run on the on the next first down. Um, completed a pass to D.D. Westbrook. So, like, how Judd was saying, like, change it up. Pass it to I'm more I'm to I'm K.J. Osborne. I'm just spread the field. And the more I think about I'm the need to pass on first down, it makes me think of, like, I'm 98 and 09, where, like, and you had <clears throat> I'm Smith in 98. I'm, I'm, when, you, when you're able to spread the field, I'm, I'm – and Smith was running I mean, long long yardage 
because so many people were anticipating and and pass defense, and then likewise in '09, and you and you have Adrian Peterson. Even though they would periodically put a lot of people, like nine men, in the box, mm-hmm. and you had Brett Favre, I'm adamantly I'm throwing it to Shanko and, and Sidney Rice, and 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 you you and you, it's almost predictable. And when you know you are a run happy um, team, that makes me question, like when they're in practice, I'm how often do they do? I pass blocking schemes or series to, to try and really open it up. Yeah. No, Kyle, you're, yeah. Thank you for coming on. Um, I mean, I think, I think Mike Zimmer in his mind, he believes that the offense is just there to not crash the car and that the car should be driven by defense. So let the defense do its thing. I'm going to call the defensive plays. I'm going to focus my energy during the week on defense and offense. We want you to like score points and be explosive, but not you know don't don't do too much. All right, don't go up to the high dive. You know, don't you know? Let's make sure the speedometer. Let's keep it under sixty. Okay, let's let's just be conservative. You know, don't scrape the don't scrape the paint on the outside. I mean, that's where he comes from, and. I almost feel like if 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 he were to pour the same attention and energy into defense that he always does, but then instead of demanding a conservative approach offensively, if he were to be a little bit more like Bruce Arians and say, "All right, I'm not going to like scheme it with you, but you have my permission, Clint yeah. Kubiak and previous coordinators, to be super aggressive. I want shots. I want deep balls. I want 15 targets to Justin Jefferson today. I don't care if he's double teamed. Throw the ball to Justin Jefferson." And we're going to probably throw some more interceptions doing it that way, but we're going to, over the top of that, we're going to score more points and we're going to put more pressure on teams. You know, he could he could demand that without getting super involved with offensive meetings and scheme. He could say, take the training wheels off, let's go score 40 points. But he doesn't want to play that way. Well, and these last two games in particular with Clint Kubiak are a sign of why you don't hire Clint Kubiak, who, by the way, for all, all I know, might be a brilliant offensive mind. He might be Don Coriel. I don't know. But look at who had the most success with Mike. It was Pat Shermer, who was what? A veteran coach, veteran coordinator. Mike trusted him. What this is, and this is assuming that Clint's not screwing the pooch himself, which he might be, but let's just assume he, he's not for a second. What this is, is, is a guy who's 34, 35, working for a conservative veteran defensive coach who basically says, this is what I want. Now, my guess is he told Shermer lots of the same stuff, but Shermer had Case Keenum and said, Mike, 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 you worry about your thing. I'm going to do this for you. And he did a great job. Um, and that was why Shermer worked so damn well. And this, you know, and Gary, for Gary's faults, what Gary Kubiak had was the cachet to probably say, Mike, sit down. I just want to talk to you briefly. Here's what we should do. And Mike's like, okay, I guess if you're going to do that. But when you bring a, a, you know, a relative child play caller into the booth and be like, you're going to do this. He's not going to say, no, I'm not. He's not going to say this makes no sense. So. I don't know where it's coming from, but all I know is that this is now probably the worst way these last two games to run an offense that you possibly can because you're basically con- – you you have the parking brake on and you're driving. <laughs> That's what this yeah. is. The parking brake's never off, yeah. and you're going to fry the entire car soon. Congratulations <laughs> for that.
By the way, there's another angle. There is a, a, a the the weird Kirk Zimmer exchange after the game winning field goal went in. Yep. So there's there's the broadcast view, and it's Kirk saying it's Kirk grabbing Mike fired up, like grabbing him by the collar and shaking him, and he's saying you like that. So that, so that that's definitely just Kirk's trademark, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Any any time there's you like that. And, and so but, he's just—he's just startling. He's just walking I, up to people at the coffee shop. You like that? Am I walking a, up to Zimmer? Am I being a complete jerk here by saying? And this is what kills me about Kirk sometimes. Know the situation. Like I'm. I, no, well, it's an exciting. Be, ex- they, be they, excited! They, you it's, won. It's a fourth quarter comeback. It's—it's it's against Detroit. You almost—you almost blew the whole thing. I like, hear you. Like, I hear like, you. Go up to Zimmer but, and and but but I mean he punches him in the chest. But but Dude, but that, Kirk, that's but Kirk for a playoff game, a Super Bowl. No, I disagree on that. I think I think if you're Kirk in that moment, you're fired up, man. Like the, you, you yeah. just came from behind in the last thirty five seconds. Detroit. Yeah, to but you're. I am going I'm to save my, your season. To I'm save putting, your season. I'm. I, I'm, I am. I, really I'm not going to rip Kirk for this. Yeah. Um, I, I would like the entire team to have to have shaken hands and walked off the field and acknowledged that they were a complete embarrassment today. I hear you. I feel like championship teams would say, oh, my God. Oh, we're so sorry. That was okay. pathetic. I get you there. Like, is Tom Brady in a game Tom, in which yeah. he, Tom Brady would have been disgusted by Belichick. that performance? He's punch Belichick in the, and be like, you like that, Bill? He's going he's gonna to be like, we got a lot to clean up here, and that was really bad. And thank the good Lord today, it's Sunday. I go to church every Sunday. Me and Don go to church. We'd like to thank the good Lord for this win. All right, I hear you on that. We I can't talk, get excited we, about we, it. We, we should talk more about that maybe on like tomorrow or yeah. Tuesday show. I'd, I'd be curious to hear Alex Boone's thoughts on what's an acceptable level of celebration after like you pull it. that win off. Love All it. Right. All right, let's keep going here. Let's uh, let's roll through a few more calls here. We got JG. JG, what's up, man? You're on Vikings Vent Line. Uh, you know, I was, I work at the stadium and I look at Vikings fans. There was one kid and I call him a kid. He was in his twenties and the Vikings are up 16 to 6 and he looks at me and says, boy, that was a hard fought win today. And I said, shut up. I've been down this road too many times for you to be jerking me around like that. And guess what happens? Two minutes later, all hell's broke loose. He's about in tears. And after the game, I'm ushering people out. And this guy, every guy and lady's got a look on their face like, what happened there? And I finally said to an old guy, I said, kind of like kissing your sister in the dark. The lights come on, and there she is. And you're like, oh, no, that's my sister. I can't tell anybody. You still got kissed, but it's not the same. It got a win, but it's like, how embarrassing. Man, just turn the lights and back off and enjoy it. Just like You know you still got kissed, so that's a win, right? But you're not going to tell anybody. You're like, it's a light. Like, just stop. You know, like at the ten yard line, it's like, is it just a coin flip while he's waiting for it? Like, am I going to grab this thing, or how bad a field position am I going to put people in here? I, I just, and then it's like you got two of the best wide receivers in your division for sure, probably in the NFL, and it's like on third and ten, you know they're throwing it for four yards. They could play with ten guys; they don't need an extra guy out there. So yeah, it's, no, it's it's awkward there right now. I mean, people want him to lose. I hate to say that, but there's a lot of people. Is that that that's like, my question? Because so you're in the stadium and you're seeing like, yeah. did, did did you sense that that people wanted the Vikings to lose in that stadium? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, here's the thing. I got to be careful because I'm pro Viking divorce, but I think people, you know, somebody brought up a stat this week that there are 
you know, in the last year and a half, the Vikings have been above 500 one week or something. And it's like, you know, we whole thing about we want to see him win a Super Bowl before we die. You know, this mediocrity, it's like Zimmer's a nice guy. He's well-respected, loved in the in the community and at the uh, organization. But it's like, when is often I think people are like, we need to have this 3-14 and 14 season so we can blow the thing up get a quarterback for once that hopefully doesn't, you know, destroy his knee in a weird thing at practice. And we actually been games with a guy who costs us $7 million a year versus 45. Yeah. Yeah. No, JG, thanks for the insight uh, from the stadium yeah. there, too. Just it's interesting to get. I like how he kicked in with, I've, I've got to be careful after he called D.D. Westbrook a derogatory name and dropped the ass bomb. i got to be very careful about what I say from here on out. But these I think you'll be M- fine, JG. I think you'll be fine. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Judd. Continue. Oh, no, no. I just thought it was funny. It was well past the point of, I can't say much more. <laughs> you just ripped him, and he's right. Yeah, he's I right. think I don't think he said anything uh, that was going uh, Westbrook get also, in, in his defense, there was a play, I think it was in the first half, if I'm not mistaken, where he was uh, fair catching a punt deep in his own territory, and Chris Boyd almost ran him over. And Westbrook, like, stopped. It's like, what are you doing? I saw that. He, yeah, and he, this he, is Chris that, yeah. Boyd on special teams. Can, uh, another one. Yeah. Chris Boyd on special teams drives me nuts sometimes. Let's go to Zach here on Vikings Vent Line. Zach, what's up, man? You're on Vikings hey. Vent Line. Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yes, we got sir. you, man. Hey, I just want you to know I watch you guys all the time. Judd, I uh, love your hockey show. You guys talk about twins. I felt like today was almost like the T-Wolves win a couple nights ago where I was like, dude, they're losing the whole game. Four, five minutes left, and I'm like, dude, T-Wolves are done. They're not going to score. They're not going to come back. And then the, it's an overtime win. I'm like, wow. Today, I'm thinking, all right. Talking to my friend, I'm like, dude, we have the ball. We're going to run it. I'm not, and I don't know if you guys saw uh, uh, Sean McDermott's uh, uh, text, or he, he said a quote saying, run the ball. If you want to run the ball, bad things are going to happen, like a holding – uh, you know, something's going to happen. All of a sudden, Alexander fumbles it. If you pass the ball, Kirk Cousins do an awesome job. They have their cornerbacks out. Their secondary's hurt. Like, just, I don't know what you're doing. But anyways, you end up doing your old formula. It gets messed up. Today's win is almost worse than the Browns' loss. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking at the end of the game, like, dude, I don't know which one hurts more. Like, we should have won that game. We we should mistakes. Well, it was a Lions mistake, but we let them back in. Pretty much what the Cleveland Browns did. You know, like it's uh, it's I'm really uh, disappointed in today's. Uh, like everyone has, I think the most disappointing thing that I'm disappointed is the Vikings culture, because I think you guys brought this up before you guys were talking about uh, with the Wills. I mean, even before the like, I'm trying to think of like when the Vikings were the most fun to watch. When like we threw it. Well, Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Jake Reed, thinking like, "Hey, that was that was fun to watch." Ever yeah. since that, with besides Brett Favre and getting us that far, I don't know. And, I and mean, Brett Favre, dude, Brett Favre's the one that brought like the '09 season. Dude, that it was all game. very Childress conservative, yeah, right? And then Brett, Brett, Brett Favre came in. He's like conservative. I'm no, we're slinging this thing. Let's do like he's the one that brought it to that championship contention level yes you know and it's just it's just so frustrating to watch it's like that was i mean i don't even know how brett Favre 
came onto the Vikings. I mean, I know they the alignment went down there. We're like, hey, Brett, you need to come play for our team. Like, we got to do this, stick it to Green Bay. But, like, honestly, that besides the Randy Moss was his rookie season, that's probably, like, the most fun, like, Vikings season-wise. Mm-hmm. Not game-wise, but season-wise. Mm-hmm. But just, like, I don't know why with Brad Childress, uh, with Frazier, I just feel like uh, we've always been, like, he was a Tampa 2 guy. Hey, we're going to play defense. We're going to play this defense. We sucked. Like, we did not do good as a defense, and we had good defense. Mike Zimmer comes in and is supposed to change things, and we had our core – like, our defense that he wants to play, he should have had back in 2015 or 14 or whenever we first started because those are what – that's what he wants to do, but that was – he had Daniil Hunter as, like, a rookie – he had Anthony Barr that was, you know, young, and everyone was young. Now he wants to keep doing the same thing with the same guys, like you said. He played Barr the whole game. He can't play Derisaw on a offensive, like, half the game. No, you didn't even play half the game, I don't think. I saw him no. in, like, three no, – yeah, I don't even know how many snaps he, he, his total series. count was. Yep. You know, it's just it's, – it's frustrating to see that his coaching style is uh, – and. I don't know if anyone says anything to him. Does he have the full, like, Rick, stay out of my business? Like, I feel like he's a Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes, I don't yeah. know if you guys – like, yeah. he's like, dude, it's a, it's Stone Cold said it, and that's the bottom line, you know? Like, yeah. It's, no, dude. I, and by the way, Zach hit uh, the wrestling reference that's going to tug at the heartstrings of Declan and I there mm-hmm. to, to wrap it here. But I don't think – I think what happens is I'm sure Rick Spielman has some input on how the way that uh, what if we did things this way and Mike Zimmer is like yeah it's cool I'll, t- I'll definitely uh, consider that and then Mike Zimmer just coaches the way that he wants you know that's what's that's what this is this is Mike Zimmer's team there's it's it's not like Rocco Baldelli as a puppet for the Twins front office or something like Mike Zimmer coaches the way that he wants to coach he greenlights the things that he wants to greenlight and red lights the other things and so um, that's what you're seeing. Yeah, and Rick's not doing exactly a bang-up job with moves. Um, the majority of their draft class does not play. The Herndon trade, yeah, it's small, but it's still a big deal. I mean, you gave away don't, – don't come back now and say, well, draft picks are our lifeblood. Uh, draft picks are what make this franchise go. And then give away a fourth-round pick, a fourth-round pick, which is not a bad pick, for a guy who literally can't play, does not fit. The Breland signing, which I think you can probably blame on both Mike and Rick, looks absolutely awful. Um, I don't know if he doesn't fit the scheme, if he's just simply cooked. But when you look at, I, I think what people have broached today, and I find it interesting, and I think it's probably right, is they've broached the culture. But I think that we also could have a pretty good conversation this week about the culture and the process, because I don't think the process is working. I really don't think is working. I don't think the process from the GM to the coach to the quarterback to the entire thing right now is panning out, and that's a huge problem. Sorry, I, I keep watching this video of Zimmer and Kirk. It's so weird. It's so weird. Kirk, it's not the first time Kirk's been involved Kirk. in like a really uncomfortable thing that probably means nothing. Kirk is amped up to like level twelve out yeah, of yeah. ten. That's why I about that win. And Zimmer is trying to process just like the ugliness of the win. He just say job. Yeah. Like he probably gets fired tomorrow morning if they lose. There, there's a chance. So in Mike's defense, yeah. he's probably like, "Oh my god, I just." And Mike probably had some pride too. That, that was yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. There was nothing. I mean, I can see it being like, oh, good, we won and shaking hands. But my God, don't act like you just how, won a championship. How do you guys feel about the uh, pie chart of praise tomorrow? Because, you know, we do. It's pie chart is, Monday tomorrow on Purple Daily. Pie chart of praise. Of, this will be the smallest, simplest Judd pie chart ever. 
What do you mean smallest? The pie is 100% every time. There's You can't shave percentages oh, no, off I'm, the pie. I'm sorry. I'm saying as far as my pie will be divvied up into probably two pieces. Where, okay. where I ordinarily go six, six to seven. Yeah, this is like where the recipe is like you need a cup of sugar, and I don't have a cup of sugar. Like, oh, okay, so I'll pivot to this. Okay, but I don't have this either, yeah. and you have this, to pivot to that. This will be, like I have no idea the chef I'm going to be cooking up here in about a couple, this, couple hours. This, I have no idea. For me personally, will be the first pie chart of praise that I've cooked up 100% cyanide. It'll kill you. <laughs> this is a pie chart of cyanide. No, I see. Okay, Nuge 1717. There is no pie chart of praise. Make it a we, pie chart we of praise. We can't win. do that. No, yeah. they won the game. It'll be a pie yeah. chart of praise Sorry, tomorrow Nuge. on Purple Day. Nuge, I'm with you. Like, I, mm-hmm. I want to do that as well, but we can't. Yep. It's going to have to be a pie chart of praise, but it's going to be really small for me. We will do nitpicks and Surly Judd must be furious tomorrow as well. So there will be I'm my guess is the pie chart portion, the pie chart of praise will be a quick one and then we can spend the rest of the time on nitpicks. Oh nitpicks will be nit, nitpicks will be enormous. Yeah. All right. Well, that's Vikings Ventline, the most fan friendly interactive show time, in time Minnesota for sports. Curious. I'll see you guys later. This is disgusting. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die, and they took a step forward with a win today against the Detroit Lions. Two and three, one step closer to a Super Bowl. <laughs> were you doing the Bashad oh, Breeland there, God. or were you? What no. was that? <laughs> no, I was puking. I was throwing up. I was okay. going to gag myself. Okay. okay. No, there's no. no <laughs> okay. You know, Dex. Dex, quit acting like you're this. Mature. Well, you made a weird motion, dude. I don't yeah, know no, what that no, was. No, no, I know, I know. It was a puke. Okay, I just want. Okay, that game was puke worthy. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, we're here for you guys. We are your Vikings therapists, even after a win. Apparently, thanks right. for hanging out with us. Please click the like button and the subscribe button. Help spread the word about the show on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. We'll see you guys next time.